We all believe the same thing about the planet. And we think it can change culture. The burning weed with its roots in hell. It is Make a little are we circle. Pray? Are we going to pray? Just a little circle. The power of Heather Fazio <laughs> is upon us. Uh, Heather, thank you so much thank for you, being on for the being podcast here. today. Uh, Director, Texas for Responsible Marijuana Policy. Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy. Uh, you can correct he, him if it's... He's right on. Yeah. <laughs> you, you no, know, you, you are a powerhouse in the state, and we are so inspired that you're here, and... Um, and we're ready to gab. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk. We've got a great team, and the movement is strong in Texas. It's an exciting time to be an advocate. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Where, where, where is where it? Where is your organization? Yeah. How? What's kind of a quick history of it, if you can give an overview? Sure. Yeah. So the the group we work with is a coalition. So it's kind of an umbrella organization. We work with about twenty five different groups that span the political spectrum. So bringing people together that uh, may come to this issue from different perspectives may disagree on other issues, but, you know, we're living in such a politically polarized time in this country, mm-hmm. and it's really refreshing to find an issue where people agree, where we're finding common ground, and that's why we're seeing this issue really advance in Texas. I started doing this work full-time in 2014. I was recruited by the Marijuana Policy Project back in 2013 when I was working with Texans for Accountable Government. Were you drawn to that? Were you were you kind of looking for, for something in cannabis, or were you... Were I was you... not. I was told I was recruited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I went, so, what did you think? Yeah. Where you were like yeah. the stoners are trying to get me. <laughs> well, I, you know, had cared about this issue. I'd, I'd already been an advisor with Texas Normal, had been working with them at the Capitol okay, since cool. 2012. Right. Um, going and helping them with some of their materials and advisory capacity, so meeting the plant, with legislators. Plant had a, had a, you were definitely like part of of helping it. Yeah, well, I had because I cared about this deeply. You know, I'm very libertarian personally, and so working with Texans for Accountable Government, I worked on building single issue coalitions based on mostly privacy and civil liberties issues. Yes, and so it was kind of a natural fit when we we're looking um, when MPP was looking to kind of put some resources into what's going on here and help kickstart the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's wow. exactly what happened. You know, we had groups, wonderful groups like Texas Normal that had been kind of working on this for years and really getting started and working at the capital, stepping up the level of professionalism. And so we were able to collaborate and then bring in to the fold many other organizations. And so it's been a heck of a ride <laughs> over the last several years with things changing change, dramatically yeah. quick, quick, when it comes quick. to public opinion, lawmakers, um, just the fact that there is a seat at the table now for a meaningful professional conversation on marijuana policy, how it affects individuals, families, communities, and our state as a whole. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm, I, I, this is just, it's, we're, I'm so excited that you're here because every, um, every advocacy event I'm at, you are present. And so you are truly in the trenches. So one, I'm excited about what you have to share with us today. But two, you know, you're the first female guest we've had on the Greenhouse Podcast. Yay! What? Yes. You know, I mean, you know. Sorry for not recognizing that. Hey, man. And you know, 2020 is the centennial of women's suffrage. It is a big year in the U.S. Um, You know, women have contributed significantly to um, this country. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to human life. To human life. Don't limit it. Yeah, don't limit it. (laughs) But in the last hundred years, how things have taken shape and how Mm -hmm. women have um, been able to contribute, um, thanks to the women that worked so hard in a country that was called the land of the free. Right. Um, Right. Meanwhile, we had second-class citizens, not only women, but of course minorities as well. And breaking from that, and as we continue to evolve and grow as a country, um, hopefully moving in a direction of more freedom, more liberty, um, when uh, it doesn't always feel that way. Um, But thankfully, you know, we have technology that connects us like never before, the opportunity to communicate, build community, not just with those who are right around Mm -hmm. you, but those who are of like mind, who live maybe a little bit further than you would have met before, Um, giving us a huge opportunity to really advance human freedom. And, you know, that's what this 
this country was founded on. And my hope, you know, I care very much about cannabis, but on the bigger scheme of things, we need a significant change in this country back to the principles upon which it was founded. And I think that we're, people are getting uh, very dissatisfied with the status quo, with the infrastructure that we have been subjected to in this country. And they're getting involved, getting active, communicating with each other and making their voices heard. And that's why we're seeing so much change across the board, um, but also with cannabis in Texas. Yes. Yay! And you're like the shield maiden for us, you know, really for the the, the cause, you know, pushing through towards liberty. But, you know, and this is, we're talking about cannabis today, right? But tomorrow it could be something totally different, but it's about liberty. Right. Um, yeah, man. Beautiful. What you know in, in terms of you're like what's happening? You're, you're, on, you're, you're, you're on the front lines right now. Mm-hmm. You have this incredibly storied past. Where is like what are you most excited about right now in terms of where things are tilting? Because just we're in it from uh, the business side, from the media side, mm-hmm. and we're covering cannabis as you know out there in that national scene that you speak of. Um, we're seeing it you know, as this local thing, like what, like that it could be this potentially great for localization thing. What, what are you, what are you excited about in that tilt right now? And how hot is it really? Cause it feels very hot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, prohibition is crumbling and yes. it is about time. Oh, right? It's crumbling. Dude. Yes. So poetic. we need to get to the yes. meat of it. Yes. yes. Texas regulations, right? I can't yeah. get my mind off of it. So yes. you yeah. tell us where we are. Because we know yeah. it was approved on what January twenty second or twenty fourth, late last month. Um, what can we expect to see in the near future from sure. Texas? Well, and that is what's exciting is that there is a, a the infrastructure for regulation of cannabis is being instituted, and I don't want over regulation, over taxation. We were talking earlier about the mm-hmm. outrageous taxes yeah. in other states and how burdensome the regulatory schemes are that these governments have put in place. How can we in Texas do it right? How can right. We make sure that there's reasonable uh, regulations in place to make sure that consumers are protected, that there's accountability, um, but also making sure that we're not creating uh, high barriers to entry for Texans right. who want to enter the market, right. making sure that costs are low so that consumers can actually afford right, right. the product, especially when we're talking about very vulnerable people who have medical conditions yes. who need access to cannabis. And what we're seeing now is that the regulatory infrastructure for the Compassionate Use Program, our very limited medical program, is so overly burdensome that a license for the first two years is almost a half a million dollars. Yeah. Oh my God. And this is for a product that they're competing with over-the-counter products because hemp is now legal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about 0.5% THC cannabis through the Compassionate mm. Use Program with the licensing fees that are outrageous. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just a half a million dollars for the first two right. years. No. It's over 300000 every two years after that, plus mm. registration fees for your, your employees. Most of um, them are negative at why? this point, right? Like they're, oh, they're yeah, operating they're, in they're, can I just ask why? I mean, it's just like why? 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 <laughs> it's an excellent question. It is an excellent question, and you know, I have to say that you know, while um, I, there have been some disappointments with how things have rolled out, I think that the people at the Department of Public Safety who have been tasked right. with regulating this program have done a really good job, considering the political pressure that they're under, mm-hmm. the very narrow scope of this program. Um, but we have to do better. We have to look at what does it actually cost to regulate this program, mm-hmm. and I think that the licensing right. fees could be brought down as is. But as we move forward, as we work toward bringing patients safe and legal access to this medicine, more licenses will be, um, businesses will be licensed. And when there's more uh, businesses in the market, the cost of regulation can be further diffused. So I think we need to bring it down and be reasonable, but we also need to expand this program so that patients have more access. And from the business perspective, mm-hmm. things are more reasonable. And, and, you know, I'm really excited about this opportunity that we have to really get things right, right. in Texas. Yes. and be a leader on how to actually regulate this this uh, industry very well. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, I have to note, you know, consumer responsibility is so critically important. We have freedom of association. We can choose who we do business with. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it. Like, the consumer 
does have their own responsibilities. Like Power to the people mm-hmm. is yes. all in uh, with us as consumers. We choose who we do business right, with. So we right. have basic standards yes. for safety, consumer protection, but we can go above and beyond in this mm-hmm. industry. And businesses are going to respond when consumers are vocal about what they insist upon, right. whether it's right. their business practices, the services that they provide to, to consumers, um, and of course, the quality of product. Mm-hmm. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So exciting. I'm so glad you brought that up early and in parallel parallel with, you know, what, what we can do, you know, and how we can vote and how regulatory fees are going to diffuse mm-hmm. as more enter the market. I love that. It's so beautiful. Um, so entering the market. Um, oh my gosh. I just, I wanted to bring something up because it's been burning. I learned about, um, this issue in the potential regulation, uh, through an email that you'd sent from um, Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy. Mm-hmm. Got to plug that. Best, yes. best you email get on the market. TexasMarijuanaPolicy.org. <laughs> if you, hey, hey, you want to know what's going on, get this you, newsletter. Yep, yes, yep. and so I get the newsletter, and I'm, I'm skimming, and I'm like, what? They want to ban smokable mm-hmm. hemp flour? Mm-hmm. Deep breath. Deep breath. I mean, but it gets worse. <laughs> doesn't you get too, You two doesn't gotta talk better. more. <laughs> yeah. like, no. I mean, in addition Heather to the flower, they want to ban any um, CBD uh, vapes. No, yeah, well, smokables. Okay. Smokables, though, mm. smokable product, and it's it's not just flour. Yeah, it is the smokable right, products, right. but vaping the, and smoking. First thing I thought though is the one of the most effective, the quickest ways to administer this medicine yes. into our bodies is through yeah. our lungs, A, and B, isn't that the most cost-effective way too? Yeah. You know, if we don't... There's no processing. Put it all I the mean, there's minimal processing, yes. but there's no heavy expense in providing yeah. the patient with that product, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so totally why, different. so what do you, what do you do in Texas? Right. You know, let's think about the patients, let's think about access. You know, that was really just heartbreaking for me to see. And So is that, so here's the something I have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. I, read headlines every day, every single day. Nine times out of 10, they just blow away, right? Nothing ever really happens. Where are we with the smokable thing? Is that part of the new regulations? Is that something? This is all happening now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are very much in the midst of the regulatory process. So we have the the infrastructure of the law, which is established through the statutes, through our lawmakers at the Capitol. And then the details are through the regulatory body. Um, The Texas Department of Agriculture is regulating cultivation and manufacturing. And the Department of State Health Services is regulating consumable hemp products. We want to make sure that things are labeled tested, um, that they're safe for consumers. Um, And that makes sense. And most of their regulations are reasonable and look good. Mm -hmm. Um, There's that one glaring problem Mm -hmm. where, in my opinion, they're overstepping their authority. Um, In the statute, there's a prohibition on manufacturing or processing smokable or vapable hemp products in Texas. I think that was a mistake. The plant can be grown here, then it can be shipped out of state, mm-hmm. manufactured, processed, and then sold here. That's shooting ourselves in the foot. It really is. Well, the whole we Midwest that? is doing this. Iowa's regulations are looking at um, you can grow it here, but you can't process it here. So mm-hmm. they're looking who's at winning? just to be exporting. Who's winning? Yeah, I'm, I, why? Why the is that? Neighboring processing yeah, facility. That's, really that's who's winning. Are there interstate deals where, like, we'll do your processing? You know, mm-hmm. is it a, is no, it a yeah. brotherhood? Is it a sisterhood? Is it a? I mean, you well, know, it could be. Yeah, but I think it's open to whoever you network with. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be, and this is where we get into the different issues of ag and and like. You don't grow in California and ship it to New Jersey to get processed and then ship it to Texas to get sold. Right. Like, how is that doing anybody a service at right. that point, right? right. Um, this is a, a perishable product. It's, it's uh, I think it's a grain, right? Is that what they're classifying it as at the USDA level? Um, it's something that needs to be, as we were talking about, localized. It needs to be, it needs to come from your immediate right. surroundings. Right. right. Heather, we, 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 right. we've talked about this before as this sort of behind the times optimism, uh, where we're like, Texas has been behind the times. We've watched a lot of cannabis systems in states like balloon, kind of fail, really be successful. Different states having different metrics on it, mostly successful. Um, and, you know, we've been behind on it. And so we're watching all these uh, potentialities fail and rise and fail and rise. So we have a lot of information to collect from. Are we at a point in terms of our voting cycle where that sort of um, behind the timesness can have an effect on the vote? Does that make any sense? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So can the populace 
Because we're with the, the times. consumer, right. we're the consumer, yeah. we're the yeah. voter. Well, and not only consumers, non-consumers are tired of seeing prohibition enacted into the yes. point. Yeah. Yes. They're tired of it. The, I mean, I would venture to say that the 86% of Texans who want to see our marijuana laws reformed, majority of them aren't consumers, mm-hmm. but they're paying to incarcerate their neighbors. Right. They're paying their for their nephews, their, their kids yeah. to go to jail mm-hmm. over simple possession. Mm-hmm. When according to DPS, it's 80,000 people a year, mm-hmm. according to a yeah. new memo they just released. Right. Right. 80,000 right. people a year. A and year. so they're paying for that. But then I think also these non consumers are also recognizing that this is a viable, um, it's a viable medicine, you know? And why are That's we right. being kept from that? That's right. Whether or not I want to use it, give me the right, you know, in states that have. Um, medical marijuana programs. I mean, are their Medicare's down? You know, I mean, it affects, it has a trickle-down effect to to all of us, whether Workers you're using it or not. Workers' comp is down? I mean, that's a crazy yeah. thing. Workers' comp is down because they're finding relief from now. medical marijuana. Yes. Um, in, in these yes. legal states. But it's, yeah. a sh- it's a play, right? It's a play for money. Like, do they make more money on the private prison system versus the taxation of legal right. products? Like. Right. Let's not get into. Let's not go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 you do a little scope drift. Yeah. Well, tunnel of the rabbit hole because then right. you get into civil asset forfeiture. You get into the grants Every, that they right, get from the federal right. government. And we've heard from law enforcement in Texas, and what they talk about is that this is a slippery slope to legalization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that once you give people a little bit of freedom, they're going to want, want more yeah. freedom. Well, yeah. God forbid. Right. Here right. in America, that's a negative thing. You know. Um, but that's what they talk about yeah. in 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 those terms. And I think that it has to do not just that decriminalization would maybe cut into their ability to search cars for mm-hmm. no other good reason, mm-hmm. uh, circumventing probable cause for mm-hmm. people that they just want to target. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because if we do legalize, then those sources of revenue are not coming in. And right. while I right. think that it's reprehensible that we would justify criminalizing, caging, branding for life people in our own state for possession of marijuana for budgetary purposes, it's a very real uh, problem mm-hmm. that we have to help them to solve and to reconcile to help to bring them on board. So we have mm-hmm. to find ways to, for the people who have been our opponents for so long, the people that were terrified when that red, white, and blue flip up in our rearview mirror, it's terror that yeah. we all feel. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but instead transitioning into how can we earn, make alliances right. yes. um, with lawmakers, with law enforcement, so that we can yes. find our path forward. Because we're not going to, it's not going to be a battle where we run up against each other. Like mm-hmm. it is on the ballot. Right. You know, in Texas, we don't have ballot initiatives. Right. So it's not like the question is on, you're dueling, and, and we're going to win that way. Yeah. We have to influence here in Texas. We have to earn support from people who were our opponents before. Wow. It takes money. And I'll tell you that the cannabis industry would do well to mm-hmm. start getting involved in campaigns mm-hmm. and contributing to our allies, those who do support reform, right. making sure that we're ensuring that they have the resources they need to come back and serve yeah. us in the Texas legislature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one big yeah. opportunity that we have. This is how seems like a government works. It this seems like a no-brainer. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, it would seem like a no I But mean, again, we talk about the nucleus of the cannabis industry being the hippies, right? The hippies have been so anti-government and Mm anti-establishment that it's hard to get involved. It's hard to turn that page and say, you know what? I'm going to be an advocate for this. I'm going to go get politically involved. Like that's a huge leaf to turn. We've been so, and I'm speaking for myself, but but like in all the people I know, we've been so Mm anti-establishment that it's almost scary to go to the Capitol. It's almost scary to go to the, so just to touch on the police thing real quick, we tried to educate local, local municipalities around our establishments the difference between hemp and marijuana. Yeah, right. We were literally told, I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but we were literally told that they don't want the education because it removes their probable cause. To our face. Yeah, willful ignorance. Yeah, willful Like willfully staying it's ignorant. Immoral. It's an How issue. Willful like, immoral. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 immoral. it's a sad story. Il- uh, willful but what's immorality. good is they were honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can, I'll I can, I can, appre- I can appreciate them being honest <laughs> right. to help us yeah. understand. Right, right. Otherwise, we, we keep racking our yeah. brains. Like, I don't understand why, why? this, yeah. right? Yeah. And that helps us to understand where they're coming from. Right. So yes. now, now, how do we address that? Right. right. Yes, and how do yeah. we cut to the core of what mm-hmm. their arguments are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truly. Wow, well, Heather, do you, do you do you foresee this next voting cycle? Um, something really great happening? Do you think we we're, you think we're going to see? 
change within the next two years in Texas? I mean, if it doesn't federally legalize somehow. Sure. Well, I do think that there's going to be big change coming at the federal level, regardless of what party is in power. I think that the pressure has mounted enough. Um, And frankly, it would serve the um, current uh, sitting office holder very well for re-election if they legalized marijuana Mm -hmm. nationwide. Um, But how is it? How how are things going to be affected in Texas? So first of all, we have to say that um, the governor and lieutenant governor are not up for election in 2020. Um, and one of our biggest hurdles was the lieutenant governor in t- in uh, mm. 2019, but he's not up for election this time. So, well, yeah. no, no. That means that he's going to be with us in 2021. Uh, oh. Take those clapbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse clap. Reverse clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we need you. Yeah. That's why we need to meet on the regs, Heather. Yeah. I need you. Well, it's, okay. you know, so not they're gonna... not up for election, and they're the, the statewide leaders. Governor Abbott has actually mm. been very open to conversations on this. He has evolved on the issue. Now that, That's good to hear. And, and, you know, for so long, we feel like we're just going up against a brick wall right. mm-hmm. with right. some of these lawmakers, but then we realize that they can hear us on the other side of that wall. They don't give us, there's no give until in 2018 on live television, Governor Abbott says he's in favor of decriminalization mm-hmm. and advocates, especially veterans and parents of those with special needs are making effective arguments on medical marijuana. Like uh, incredible. Imagine and it's that. all yeah. because of the persistence yeah. of people going to their offices, emailing them, calling mm-hmm. them, keeping it up, even though we feel like we're not winning all the time. Mm-hmm. We are winning yeah. and we just have to be persistent. And I think that that was demonstrated with Governor Abbott's shift. He is not on our side entirely. Don't get me wrong. Right. right. Uh, he has been a, a, a hurdle for us. Yeah. Um, but he is a demonstration of how conservatives are evolving on this issue based on the feedback that people are getting. That this is, these are real Texans, average people that want to see these laws changed, and they can identify with that. Our bigger hurdle is lieutenant governor. I think we have to just do the same thing with him. Make sure that he's visiting with people. People are meeting with him. That he's constantly hearing from the families that are being negatively affected by this deprivation of medicine. Right. I mean, this this uh, hindrance to freedom, to you know, medical freedom. You know, we talk about getting government out of healthcare, and I'm personally all on board. Mm-hmm. Let's be consistent. Yeah. yeah. You know, let's make this a decision between doctors and patients. Allow doctors to practice medicine. Who can benefit from cannabis? What the dosing should be. Yes. You know, that's another thing to talk about is the restriction on THC in our mm-hmm. compassionate use program. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's basically medical hemp. Pointless. Two-tenths yeah. of a percentage more. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, the, and, and pointless, it, irrelevant What's in a thought, lot of ways. What's the thought process mm-hmm. behind the, that? The regulation you know? on that is just is but, where's but it establishes an infrastructure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can look at that as the silver lining that we have a foundation mm-hmm. to build upon. There need to be changes with the regulations. Yes. There need to be changes This was their the give. Scope. Yeah. This was um, their give. Yeah. And we do feel in it is every step forward is a blessing. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but it just, it really, it hurts to know yes. people in the community, people in yes. your families no who are suffering. Yes. They don't have access. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah. it doesn't feel Texan. No, it yeah, does we, not. We're, t- we we're behind Arkansas. Mm. Y'all, we are behind Arkansas, Oklahoma. Louisiana. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Louisiana. 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 Mm, point three. Point three. Okay, point three. There it is. Point yeah, three. Right. Definitely. Like, <laughs> what is the and the point five is like you're. It's oh, just you a, might get a little bit. You more don't want to double it, but you're not you getting can't double it. Yeah. Right. It's. <laughs> So when this originally passed in 2015, hemp was still in a gray area. Mm -hmm. So we had the 2014 federal farm bill Mm -hmm. that created ambiguity in the federal law. It defined hemp as any cannabis at Mm 0.3%, but didn't remove it from the Controlled Substances Mm -hmm. Act. Okay. So what we saw between 2014 and 2018 was is what I think was a the most pervasive example of civil disobedience that we've seen in this country because there was enough ambiguity that business owners took the risk and got involved, and that's why we saw this boom of the hemp and the CBD industry. So in 2014, though, it was still a gray area. Mm -hmm. So the establishment of the Compassionate Use Program created a path for legal, completely legal, low THC cannabis. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, for some people, that created uh, a kind of a safe place for them to get that medicine. Now, though, fast forward to 2019, the federal government's legalized hemp. 
the state government has legalized hemp, and our compassionate use program is still stuck at 0.5% THC. And they did expand the list of qualifying conditions, um, which is which is good. There were a few conditions. Well, uh, on in the statute, it's barely. But you look at the regulations of incurable neurodegenerative disorders; it's over a hundred specific conditions. So it's still there's still many of them are very rare. Patient level, like, do we have a count on how many active patients are in Texas? So from the beginning of 19 to the end of 19 mm-hmm. it almost doubled the number of patients from into from 700 ish patient a little under 800 patients mm-hmm. to about 17 to 1800 right, patients right. Hey, and there's so three year but there's and, three license three licenses correct. in texas only one um, that was really active right talking one about active 700 like no with no zeros behind it what's the population of texas yeah, I mean, the third 27 largest, million. 27 oh, it's, million. it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Still it's just right. Right. And the Why? qualifiers is less than 2 million Why? potentially yeah. qualified. When we have, when we have this, we have the, you can get over the counter. Right, we right, don't right, have right. the highest Next number door. of veterans. We used to, yeah. but we don't any longer. They're in California. Right. Now they're in Florida. They need their medicine, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, there's a whole different, that's a whole different ball of wax with the federal government, the VA, but it's about taking care of the uh your people you know mm-hmm. texans you know it, it feels like we are a very free state and we right. care about each other and we care about our communities so i think at every level you can make the argument for legalization and freedom yeah. of a plant mm-hmm. you know it's plant. nothing to be afraid of that might be patented Either. by somebody there might be some patents out there yeah. on Maybe existence some on some, yeah. some, some cannabis. Right, 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 well, right. Well, yeah. you know what? You can um, say you own it, but I'm growing it. <laughs> so no. no. Yeah. What is, you know, what What do you, you, you are so, um, I think you're a realist, but I do find optimism in, in everything you say. You're, mm-hmm. you're a silver liner. And, yes. Um, and I appreciate that. What do you, what are you most um, excited about in terms of just the kind of the nearest future, like this next voting cycle sure. in Texas? Yeah, well, you know, voting, of course, is important. And we I think that we're going to see significant, maybe significant, we're going <laughs> to see change. Let me just say that. We're going to see change. We're going to see change. You see candidates, candidates in Texas running on a, on a pro-cannabis platform. You do. Mm-hmm. For the first time, we're seeing cannabis commercials yes. for, for candidates. Yay. Oh, which ones? Um, uh, like Representative Gutierrez is yeah. running oh, for yes. Senate okay. now. Yes. He's done several videos, and, and he's been really championing in this issue. Um, and more and more people are talking about it, not only Democrats, but conservatives as well. Um, so I, I think that the demographics in Texas are changing, um, not only in age, but ethnicity and, and political leanings are changing. Um, we do, are stuck in a two-party system. I think that there's room for for other parties as well. Um, coming on board, of course, we have three parties in Texas, Democrats, Republicans, and Libertarians. Within every, each of those parties, there are supporters of reform. Yeah. And the more voters get active and engaged, the further we can bring them in time for the next legislative session. Right. Yeah. So we worked with Texas Normal, um, who established a voter guide in 2012. And we've been working together to expand our reach and we surveyed the candidates running uh, for the Democratic and Republican nominations within the primary election uh, which is on March 3rd so by the time this airs hopefully everybody's already voted <laughs> yes. uh, but that's when the parties choose what candidate they're going to put on the ballot in November mm-hmm. and so this is the beginning of the race for November and we want to make sure that as many pro-cannabis candidates are nominated and then moving on to the general elections and I'll tell you that it's six days after that November election that they start introducing legislation. So wow. we have to be ready. So we're at the so, end of February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. We are nine months away from introducing legislation in Texas for our next legislative session. Wow. Wow. It, it seems like, because we're on a two-year cycle, oh it God. seems like right. forever between yeah. sessions. But then you start it's thinking not, about it. Yeah. Start thinking about the election. Start thinking about the different events going on mm-hmm. um, between now and then and all the opportunities, the town halls, the forums, all the candidate receptions. Right. We can sign right. up for the email list for not only the candidates in our area, but for the local political parties. They host mm-hmm. events all the time mm-hmm. that are free and open to the public mm-hmm. where you can go and connect with these folks, not only lawmakers, but other community leaders that maybe just needed someone to bring up the conversation so that they can feel comfortable talking about it. Yes. Um, this is our opportunity to yes. really uh, permeate through the political sphere mm-hmm. um, with make, making sure that cannabis is at the forefront, is being talked about. It's one of the most popular issues 
in politics today, mm-hmm. it's a winner. Like and, if, and if candidates want to win, yeah. be popular mm-hmm. and support reform. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it sounds real quick, to me like real quick. Is there a consolidated list or a location where one can go and find all the events that they need to attend? There is not, okay. which is why I recommend signing up for the email lists of the candidates in your area and the local political parties. So Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians all have county parties. So they're local, and those email lists are where you're going to get updated on events that are going on. I would love to see a consolidated cannabis calendar yeah. Yeah. because there are so many events popping up, people getting excited about this, hosting yes. CLEs, hosting conferences, hosting right. ne- networking hours. Right. Right. Um, and so having that consolidated um, place would be great. Um, one recommendation I'd have for those who want to connect um, is get joining the Texas Cannabis Collective. Uh-huh. You know, I work very strictly on policy, but there's a whole other cultural side of this movement as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And they've done a really great job of cultivating that space and creating a platform for everyone to kind of help to collaborate. And so yes. we're obviously posting policy updates, election updates, but then other folks are posting other educational updates, networking events, business opportunities. Yes. You know, we're a very pro-business state uh, or so we say we are mm-hmm. uh, and right, so how right. can we make texas a comfortable state for can the cannabis mm-hmm. industry right. uh so it's just what i'm hearing though is more of you know it's we've got to take responsibility you know if we want to see this change we have to know what's happening right. on, at the community the uh county level mm-hmm. you know in texas mm-hmm. and so it's wonderful wake up hall for us thank you so much you know um it's but also about finding this information mm-hmm. You know, we're going to, maybe we can work together with Texas Cannabis Collective and Cannabis just, Calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cannabis Calendar. Like cannabis Calendar. Cannabis calendar. We yeah. need to know this. Cannabis Calendar. Cannabis calendar. Yes. And, you know, we need to, you know, give people the information um, that they need to see right. this change right. because that's all it takes. Yeah. We have a system in place, right? We have you mm-hmm. to save us. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, really, you know, we've got people who are speaking on behalf of this plant so elegantly and eloquently right. and beautifully. And in a way that isn't divisive. Right. You know? But you have to also so. keep in mind, the hardest thing is, you know, 90% of us are going to work every day, That's doing right. our thing yes. outside of this, right? Yes. To, to, to separate yourself from reality and go spend the time to look up all these events and get figure out where the plays are, it's very difficult, right? We've right. created a debt scope drift. <laughs> but we've created a debt-based society Mm -hmm. where everybody's climbing to get out of debt for 60, 70 years of their life. They don't have time to deviate from going to work for 60 hours and then coming home and making food for the kids, making sure they have their homework done, getting them bathed. Guess what? Tomorrow, same agenda, right? So they end up 80, 90 years old at Walmart greeting people because they couldn't save enough because they were just paying their bills because they had to pay back school and the nice car they wanted and the house they wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, We're stuck in this rut of like, how does one actually find the time to step out and get involved like those are the yes. hurdles that in that us as a, a community have to figure out how to overcome right. power we, of social media we yeah, yeah sure. we absolutely do and yeah what can we do mm-hmm. you know and we we can help get the information out there and help provide the links but mm-hmm. you know you can feed a man fish right and what happens he just gets fat Right. You know, you teach him to fish, and he gets a six pack, and he's and he's taking care of his family. I've never heard that saying before. Um, yeah, that's how that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But you got to, you know, if this is what the change that you want, right. then fucking do something. Like it. we're right. doing something. Right. Like right. let's, yeah. we can all do something. Yeah. Well, and two things on your point, you kind of mentioned separating from reality, and mm-hmm. um, in a large part, for a lot of people, it feels that way right. because. Uh, politics is not your life. Right, you're right. living in real life. What matters? You see people, it every two years. yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> and you go and you vote, and that's right. about it. But I'll tell you, especially for those who are in business, mm-hmm. knowing your lawmakers. Knowing your county commissioners, knowing the people who make decisions you, yeah. uh, in your area, is a, is a, a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, having yeah. those it's relationships, vital, it, right? it, that's but. right. And so when you're talking about other things in your area, zoning issues, mm-hmm. slip in a little bit about cannabis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know those mm-hmm. opportunities. So think about it that way. Understanding who is governing us mm-hmm. and how can we be actively engaged? Right. Because that's the only way our government is going to actually 
accurately reflect our values mm-hmm. is if they know us and that's the only way they can represent right, us. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I would recommend people looking at it holistically. Mm-hmm. Look at this as a, a full approach. Um, but then also, you know, you people can't get mm-hmm. involved all the time. Right. Watching all these bills, keeping track of them, the federal, the state level, the House, the yeah. Senate, Democrats, Republicans, House committee hearings, full Senate, you know, <laughs> debates on the floor. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so difficult to Where's keep up with, especially because the legislative session is 140 days. It's a sprint wow. mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. So getting involved with advocacy organizations that are sending out action alerts that are helping to break down the process and what's happening is critical. And there are, well, we're working with 25 different organizations wow. and we're a nonprofit ourselves that are working to make sure that these emails are going out mm-hmm. and they're, they're helping that. So contributing to the advocacy mm-hmm. efforts that are going on now is a great way for people who are on their grind, raising their families, right. running their businesses, yes. doing what they can um, and, and contributing in every way we can. We know that there are millions of supporters of cannabis in Texas. Mm -hmm. So if we're all contributing a little bit, doing our part, making that phone call when the email goes out or sending that quick email, it's going to make a difference. We know it's making a difference. We've generated tens of thousands of phone calls and emails to the Capitol Mm -hmm. to the point where sometimes lawmakers have said, can you turn it off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, wow. um, and but that's a beautiful it's an Instagram to have too. that much yeah. of a commanding presence. But congratulations yes. to your yes. work. That's For a direct sure. result of For your sure. work. Thank you. Yeah. Our that, team, that, we've got a great team. Pounding the gate. Yes. Like that's you've mm-hmm. you've been at the it's forefront needed. of that. Yeah. It's needed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we you. definitely want to help you in any way possible. Great. You know, it's about getting the information out there, making it easy to take action. Well, yeah. and this kind of media is critically yeah. important. Like we yes. mentioned, community or, or you know, community being built based on technological reach that we have yeah. now. Doing podcasts like this, reaching millions of people—not just Texans, but around the country—who are interested in seeing what's going on in other states, what's happening in Texas. Maybe uh, people that are interested in business opportunities. Mm-hmm. What's the political 100%. climate look like? When right. am I going to be able important. to jump in? Yeah. And I'll tell you yeah. that getting involved right now is going to help set people up to be on that ground floor yep. when we actually establish a medical marijuana program. Mm-hmm. A real yeah. one mm-hmm. in the state of Texas yeah. and ultimately mm-hmm. when we repeal prohibition entirely and establish an adult use market right right, right. Yes. do do you have you idealized the um what would happen if we federalized at the federal level legalized it before we did it at the state level. Have you idealized that future? So November's yeah, our last chance, right? Basically because we are all kind of in agreement that federally something's changing with whatever happens. At the federal level, right? Um, I think that I think that that's a like. I mean, but like, what happens? Well, we still have all of our state laws in place, right? And so, repealing federal prohibition, which ideally is just plucking cannabis from the Controlled Substances mm-hmm. Act, right? Not establishing a federal regulatory infrastructure or federal tax on cannabis. Mm-hmm. This can be done by the states the way that the Constitution intended <laughs> with the Ninth and Tenth <laughs> Amendments. But don't let me mention up the pesky amendments, <laughs> right? The Bill of Rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a buzzkill. Uh, you know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but letting the states decide and allowing yeah, yeah. interstate commerce. <laughs> and allowing mm-hmm. best practices mm-hmm. to prevail in competing markets. That's what I would like to see. And I think we can do that by just, like, as I mentioned, removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, but then we have work to do in Texas. Okay. So as with alcohol prohibition that was instituted at the federal level, repealed after only 13 years of terrible policy, meanwhile, we've lived up for decades under marijuana prohibition that has resulted in the same violence and unsafe mm-hmm. products that we've seen, but we won't have to get into <laughs> that. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, but, you know, we still have the state laws to repeal because even after alcohol prohibition was repealed, we still have dry counties in the state of Texas. So we have to make sure that we are actively engaging. And and Mm -hmm. just a side note, um, the dry counties are largely that way because of the alcohol companies that operate just outside of county Mm. lines, lobbying those county commissioners to keep it the way that that. it is, making sure that the the Bible um, thumping folks are in there talking about how they can't have it. And so, you You know, it's interesting. You can have your business here, but keep it out of here. Yeah, well, you see how, you know, business interests affect our government when they're making decisions about with a market rather than having an actually free market, lobbyists and, and business interests are always going to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's necessary for the cannabis industry to be in there. This, mm-hmm. is a mar- this is a market that is heavily regulated by prohibition, first and foremost, mm-hmm. but now by overly burdensome regulatory infrastructures, mm-hmm. which, you know, we seem to be doing a pretty good job, actually, with what we have so far in Texas, right. but in other states ha- are a mess. I mean, we're talking about California, where mm. we have stacks on stacks on stacks of regulations and outrageous taxes that are leading to 
consumers just going to the black market. They would prefer to buy it from the guy they've always bought it from for 40% less yeah. than going to a legal market. Yeah. And you know, my understanding is that there's even storefronts in place oh, right now. Illegal storefronts. Illegal yeah, storefronts because yeah, yeah. they'd rather pay the fine right. than yeah. have to comply with the burdensome oh, regulations. Far pro- yeah, it's, a, it's insane. Well, 80%, it is absolutely so insane. Fact, counter- no, um, 80% of the legal market in California is black market products. They just don't have the infrastructure to regulate wow. what's on the shelf. So wow. you know what's crazy? Fact, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to throw a rock very far to hit illegal grows. Oh, in, in Los come Angeles. On. So back it to what we touched on earlier. Um, up in Northern California, I won't I won't point the county out, but the county sheriff there um, literally um, um, is 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 quoted as saying, "If I get four federally." prosecutable arrests, I secure my funding for the year. Mm. So it's publicly known. So who's it going to be? Cartel, 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 cartel. So he goes out into the national forest, cartel busts. Um, But now the 1,500 illegal grows in that county know they're safe from prosecution because this guy has his funding. He can now pay his staff. Everything's copacetic for the year. Yep. That's how that golden, that uh, ah. green uh, emerald triangle came kind of into existence. Is like, wow. hey, we got our money. Yeah. We don't care what you do. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. I mean, that's wow. corruption. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. corruption. That's yeah. an uneven enforcement of the law. We saw it happen with alcohol prohibition, and we're right. seeing it with oh, marijuana. Yeah. Um, it's just we have to put a stop to it's it. It's sick. Yeah. We absolutely do. And it's almost as if it's like, oh well. It's okay because it was marijuana. Right. You know, there's still that stigma and still kind of hanging on to the old ways of thinking opportunistically, not maybe believing them. But, you know, I see a lot, you know, you see, I feel like government is playing on that, um, you know, and it's just bullshit. They've set the system up for failure, first of all. Like if you, so like Nebraska has total THC, right, which is not only Delta 9, but THCA combined. There's one plant currently that grows under 0.3% if you grow it full term. Right. Um, and that's a CBG specific plant. Dilemma is they bred out all the terpenes. We're now finding out how important the terpenes are. Mm-hmm. That's been bred out so that the THC content will stay below what it's supposed to be. Um, so this year we saw an influx of CBG production. Next year we're going to see mm-hmm. even more of an influx. Um, but that yeah. system is is literally created for failure. Like there is no way your farmers can prosper um, when they're all growing the exact same crop. Um, right. And it's all, you know, it's, yep. it's just It's a lack of understanding. It's, it's making laws and regulation on, you know, a, a very little understanding mm-hmm. of the actual plant. You know, right. what are you regulating? Like, it's just, we've got to step well, back and really try to understand what's going on. you got to put the into the position, uh, but they're not, most of them aren't, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but they don't want to be in that political position to help write and mandate what should be, but yeah. they're the ones who understand the industry. We've yeah. touched on it before. Mm-hmm. This has been an industry before legalization, right? It's been a multi-million dollar industry for many, many a decades. Yeah. Um, we, we, the hippies who have been involved in it have had the issues that we're having currently, and they've found ways to get around it without mm-hmm. regulation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we don't need regulation because I've seen some pretty unsanitary things within the industry. Um, so I think regulation is, is a necessity, but over-regulation becomes an issue. Absolutely so does. It does. And, and I mean, just to say that the hippies don't want to be politically involved. I mean, you are. You're politically right. involved. If you love this plant and you live in this country, sorry. Right. You've got to take a stand. And it's not fair, you know, to be in that position where it's just abundant around you and, you know, laws are changing because other people are putting their lives on the line. You know, it's like we've all got to do our part. Well, there's a lot of stepping out of comfort zones happening Mm -hmm. right now, whether it's um, those who have traditionally not been involved in politics stepping in for the Mm -hmm. first time, um, whether it's the hippies, as you referenced, the the marijuana farmers, or doctors (laughs) that are getting involved for the first time. They believe in this, but are not quite sure about stepping out. What's that going to mean for their career? Not enough studies behind it. Because of the federal government, you know? Um, So there's dissecting that, but lawmakers need to hear from more medical professionals. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that right Mm -hmm. now. Okay. 
because the cap on THC is arbitrary. It's mm-hmm. unreasonable. It has to go. But the people that are going to make that argument best are going to be doctors right. mm-hmm. to demonstrate the medical efficacy of mm-hmm. THC. Mm-hmm. For example, Alzheimer's is a qualifying condition under the current Compassion Use Program. Nice. But we know that it's THC mm-hmm. that breaks up the plaque in the brain. Right. Right. With autism included, thanks to the work of tremendous a tremendous group of mothers, primarily uh, mothers advocating mamas. medical marijuana for autism. Mama, they They're have great. done just such a great job of really making this real, making it real for lawmakers. This is what mm-hmm. our family is dealing with. Yes. Um, but even with autism, low THC cannabis may help sometimes. Mm-hmm. But for the self injurious children, right. for the aggression that comes, especially as uh, maturity <clears throat> sets in and and mm-hmm. adults are living with with um, autism, uh, THC. Is what helps to calm right. that yes. with pain. It, it's THC that helps to get people off of opiates, yeah. helping mm-hmm. veterans, for mm-hmm. example, to sleep through the night when they're sure. suffering from PTSD. Yeah. So it's, we um, need to expand the program not only with yeah. qualifying conditions, but also removing that arbitrary cap on THC. Right, yes. right. I'm so glad that so you said that. Fun fact, real quick. Fun fact. <laughs> um, um, CBD alone can't. I think we've sp- spoken about this, but CBD alone cannot cross the blood-brain barrier without THC. THC mm. actually carries CBD past the blood-brain barrier for the neuro- neurological issues. So, Come on, brother. Um, You're coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's THC. Uh, There's yeah. a relationship between CBD and yeah. the... We need each other. Like a schoolhouse rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> gotta go. Or the, the magic um, school bus. Whatever it takes to educate. Yeah. Yeah. The government's patent is for neurological um, issues. Yeah. Like that's that. Right. That's, I mean, it's just... Neuroprotectant. Ma- a neuroprotectant. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Um, yet the, the 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 testing that's needed. Dilemma with the, even the doctor speaking is everything's anecdotal, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. There's in large no, part. There's some large studies part. in Israel, yeah. not yeah. in U.S. studies, but mm. international right. studies. Mm. Fun fact. Um, go- our government actually funds a lot that's of those right. studies in that's Israel. Exactly so, right. Through our, through our um, aid to them. Say it again. Like directly or just through our aid to them. No, I think directly to directly. the like, University of Israel. Hey, find out about Israel. this weed yeah. stuff. Holy shit. Um, they, they have, I think we've spoken again, they have a seven-story institute there with yeah. doctors mm-hmm. and scientists. Yeah. It takes, I think, four to six million dollars a month to study cannabis there. Wow. Mm. They have it on their um, ambulances now, right? For seizures and um, all kinds of different things. It's, it's just a whole different world. From here to Colorado, a whole different world. Right. Here to Israel, forget about right. it. Like, yeah. right. um, Interesting. Um, but they're doing it on our dime. So, yeah. well, so we should fair. be able to benefit, you know. And I just want to get back to what you were saying about doctors, the importance of having doctors and medical communities speak up. Even though, I mean, hey, we know where all the research articles mm-hmm. are. Okay, we can all fucking Google. The Mayo Clinic But now it's time to start study. talking about what I know, and as the person mm-hmm. who cares for my community, this is not okay. So is there anywhere the medical community like can come together, any organizations that you know of that we could plug? Absolutely. Where, where members of the medical the community lines, yeah. could find that and like become equipped with the information. And yeah, well, you know, there's lots of different groups sprouting up, C, uh, CME, uh-huh. continuing, continuing medical education that can be taken online. Mm-hmm. That's available for doctors who want to learn more do it in the privacy of their own home, mm-hmm. get yes. them comfortable. Yeah. Um, but there is an organization that we work with, Doctors for Cannabis Regulation. It's a national group, but their political chair is Dr. Brian Adenoff, who's an addiction psychiatrist, recently retired from Southwestern Medical Center up in Dallas, worked with the VA for years, is incidentally now living in Colorado because that's where his family <laughs> lived. Um, but he has been a tremendous ally, and getting more doctors involved through that group is really important. There's also a... Um, um, Association of Cannabis Specialists, I believe is what it's called. Um, That may not be right, but um, Dr. Tischler is leading that. He's on the East Coast, um, but another group focused on doctors and getting medical professionals involved. And of course, we'll continue to work with the doctors that want to get engaged, kind of, you know, how does the process work? Where are we? Where do we want to go? How are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to be hosting the third annual Texas Marijuana Policy Conference at the end of August. So we'll be featuring medical professionals and, and hoping to bring in folks who want to just learn what the landscape looks like. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a track based on um, the legality, what the laws are, and advocacy as far as criminalization. Mm -hmm. We haven't even gotten into talking about decriminalization. There's so much to talk about. Um, But then talking about the science and medical cannabis and advocacy. And we'll also have a third track on the industry. So helping people who want to get involved in the cannabis industry, learning the ins and outs of taxes and HR, of accounting, um, security build-outs, best practices, um, all the 
different things that are important, not only for businesses, yeah. but also for consumers and watchdog organizations, yeah. making sure that we're holding each other to a high standard. Again, coming back to consumer responsibility, nonprofits or for-profits that can exist to really set the bar uh, so that we're going above and beyond ensuring that this product is safe, that it's uh, that it's it's going to be helpful, mm-hmm. and that we're, we have a culture um, within the cannabis industry of giving back and making sure that things are uh, held to a high standard. Yeah. Yes. Heather, yes. W- when we when we were when we got to Texas and started doing what we were doing, um, we were looking. I was looking. I remember looking like who is who is out there doing things in cannabis. I want to I want to know him. I got to meet him. And finding you was like turning the lights on. And, and, and you, <laughs> yeah. you've been very influential in how we've told stories in the past two years mm-hmm. and what's important to Texas and or the national scene, and, and you were a big part of, of turning us on to where the fight was. Yeah, and uh, and and so you you're um, you're just um, you're well respected, and, and we're, so, <laughs> we're just so grateful for the work you do. I would like to close out with one just final thought from you in terms of what does the future in ten years look like for for Heather Fazio? What's that? Oh, for Heather Fazio. Yeah. What 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 is Heather Fazio's ten year like? What does she think? Wow. Happens? You know, um, the world has changed so much in 10 years um, that it's hard to say what the world looks like in 10 years from now. But I can tell you that I hope that we're living more freely. I hope that people are not suffering under marijuana prohibition and that our rights are uh, better respected by the government that is supposed to be instituted to protect them. Um, We have systems in place to make this the freest country that's ever existed in human history. And I hope that we regain that inspiration to take back control of it, understanding that all power is within the people and that we can take control of the direction of this country, of our society, by actively engaging with each other, with lawmakers, and building the kind of a free country that we want to see and live under. Is cannabis that catalyst? Uh, Mm. I think in large part it can be. I, I think that once we get some, for me, when I first got involved, I got a win under my belt. There was, I'm not going to get into the campaign, but there was a local <laughs> campaign involving law enforcement and we had a big, um, a big push and we won. And it was great because we built relationships with law enforcement, with a coalition here locally, and it lit a fire under me, knowing what it tastes like to win, what it yes. feels like to win. And I think that once people get a taste of it in, with the cannabis win, um, that hopefully that that inspires them, whatever their issues are. Yes. The, the foundation is the same of building relationships, uh, communicating effectively, and being persistent. That's the, that's the recipe. Yeah. You yeah. are so amazing, Heather. How can people find you? Uh, TexasMarijuanaPolicy.org is our website. Definitely sign up for emails, uh, contribute. You can become a sustaining member to help the work that we're doing. And um, look out for the Texas Marijuana Policy Conference this last weekend of August. We've got our website up and everything is developing. Registration opens soon. If you have speaker recommendations, we're going to be taking that. We're also going to have sponsors, so we're going to need support. Um, So definitely looking forward to continuing to collaborate with you all. I appreciate the opportunity um, and really getting this done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you, Heather. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Heather. Thank you for inspiring us. Yes, thank us. you. Oh, let's, let's end it with a hand circle. Again. One more hand circle. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Heather.